Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of Fans First Sports Network. I'm glad that you're joining me. To me, for, for me, this is kind of like me getting a lot of my black and gold juices flowing. I hope that you are injecting this into your veins and loving every second of it. We are getting close, folks. It's hard to believe this. It's the 12th of July. We are mere weeks away to be exact two weeks away until the pittsburgh steelers report to st vincent college in latrobe i am excited for it you should be excited for it we have all the coverage that you would need and in case you missed the news on monday's show or in case you haven't checked out the articles that are currently on behind the steel all about the change the move where are we going steelcurtainnetwork.com that's where we will be as of Saturday. Friday will be the last articles that we publish at Behind the Steel Curtain. And then we will be fully moving over to behind to Steel Curtain Network. That's right, steelcurtainnetwork.com. You can find us there. We already have some content that's a little bit more NFL-specific there, so you can go in, get acclimated, get yourself signed up for the comment section, get everything squared away so that when Saturday rolls around and we start churning out some serious content, you are there with us. Because that's what this is all about. We are focusing on quality over quantity. We want you, the fan, to know it's coming from the fans. This, this can be a bias of you, why we are all fans of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As for the podcast side, I hope you checked out the brand new show on Tuesday, which was uh, Kevin Tate and Sean Gurley, Big G and Tate Boy Fresh, as they dove into their first episode of Pump the Brakes. I thought it was great. It's different. I like different. I don't want everyone to have a same show. So they did a great job. Hope you go back and check it out. Give it a shot. Hey, the first time I did Let's Ride, it was rough. And it's gotten better as we go. At least I hope so. So make sure you give those guys a shot moving forward into the season. Last thing I'm going to say, if you haven't gotten your Ride or Die Crew t-shirt yet, what are you waiting for? All you got to do is go to my Twitter page. You don't have to follow me. Just find it at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. The pin tweet at the top is that very shirt with a link. You can go and order yours. We've sold a couple already. I want to see those Ride or Die Crew shirts at Acrisure Stadium on the road. That would be awesome. So make sure you go and check that out. There's really not much news with the Steelers. Joey Porter Jr. still hasn't signed. And so I got to be honest. I'm going to be uh, very upfront with where I came up with this idea for this podcast. I started thinking about players that really I personally have not talked a lot about in the last season or two. And this guy I've talked a lot about in regards to his play on the field during the season, but off off season, I haven't spoken about this guy too much. But boy, is he kind of a polarizing figure with the Steelers fan base. Some people love him. Some people don't like him. Some people don't think that his he has the worth and the value of his draft position. If you don't know who I'm talking about yet, and maybe you didn't read the headline or the title of this podcast, we're talking about Najee Harris. Like We're talking about Najee Harris. That is the title here. Can we talk about Najee Harris? So Najee, again, I haven't spoken about him a, a whole lot. Why? Because he's, he's not a guy that's going to make waves off the field. He's a team first guy. He shows up for workouts. He works his tail off. 
And when he's not here in Pittsburgh doing his workouts, he's doing workouts elsewhere, typically in California. He's a Bay Area guy. But you don't hear from Najee Harris. He's not overly active on social media. If you follow him on Instagram, he updates his stories. But that's about it. He doesn't post a lot of stuff. He just had a a football camp for kids over, uh, I think he was in Pittsburgh, actually. You just didn't hear about it. He's not that self-promoter. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. He kind of just lets his play do the talking. I think he does things the right way. I really do. You know, he is that team first guy. But when I think about Najee Harris, I think about the narrative surrounding him. I think about what fans say about him and their thoughts about him. Things like overrated, a some, not all, but some fans have brought out the nasty B word. I'm talking about bust. Another, why you don't, that, that some people say this is exactly why you don't draft a running back in the first round. Because they don't think he's that effective. And they're like, well, why would they waste a first round draft pick on a guy that's not effective? Some people say, well, Jalen Warren is better. Okay, those are narratives. I'm not saying that I believe them, uh, but that those are the narratives that are out there. And if you don't hear these yourself, well, we're on different planes in terms of this fan base. You know, the Twitter following that I have and the people that, you you see get retweeted and things of that nature. Obviously, there are people that aren't that happy with Najee Harris. There are a lot that are happy with him, but still, there's plenty that are not. I think the question is, is he a second contract guy? Here he is going into year three of his rookie deal. I'm going to talk about his numbers here in a second, but is he a guy that's going to get a second contract? It has been a long time since a running back in Pittsburgh has received a second contract. You have to go all the way back to Veron Haynes to get a second contract. That's incredible. Now, if you count the franchise tag with Le'Veon Bell, that would be considered a second contract. But I'm talking about he gets a new deal. Like TJ Watt got a new deal. Minka Fitzpatrick got a new deal. You know where I'm going with this. Is he that guy? Well, let's try and figure it out, right? Let's try and look at the minutia and let's try to figure this out. Let's look at the stats. I'm going to compare his rookie season of 2021 to last season, 2022. So we're going to go in that order all the time. So 2021 first, then 2022. We're going in chronological order. So first, games played. Both seasons, he has played 17 total games. So durability has not been a factor. He missed some time at the end of his rookie season with that elbow injury. I don't think he actually missed a ton of time, but he did leave the game for a little bit. That was against Baltimore. He did miss some time last season against Indianapolis, but he played in every game. Now let's look at total attempts. These are just the amount of times he touches the ball as a running back, meaning carries the football, not receptions. We'll get to those. In 2021, he had 307. In 2022, he had 272. So you see a big step backwards. Now he was the guy his rookie year. Not much help. Benny Snell was not that guy. He was not coming in and spelling him. Jalen Warren was that guy last season. And it took some time for Jalen Warren to develop into this role. Najee Harris didn't start the year off healthy. And then by the year's end, you felt like those two were really complementing each other. Kind of what we all wanted to see, at least I did, was Jalen Warren filling a role, Najee Harris understanding and being accepting of that role. Go back and listen to what Najee Harris was saying early in the season, training camp, when they brought up Jalen Warren and his potential, he didn't sound too enthralled with him taking snaps away from him. But by the season's end, I think when Najee Harris saw how valuable having Jalen Warren there with him could be, 
That changed a lot. The dynamic changed. You started to see those two working together in concert and not against one another. Not that Jalen Warren was ever against Najee Harris, maybe the other way around. And I get it. So the carries go down significantly. I wouldn't say significantly, but still, they go down over 30 carries less in 2022 compared to his rookie year. So let's look at yards. He has 1,200 yards his rookie year, 1,034. These are rushing yards only last season. So he goes over the 1,000-yard mark. A lot of people poo-poo that and say, well, there's 17 games, and it's not that big of a deal. It's not an accomplishment anymore. Okay, still got over 1,000 yards, and that was with the decreased touches. And he was banged up early in the season. Touchdowns have been even both seasons. Seven rushing touchdowns both year. Average in 2021 was 3.9. 2022 was 3.8. So let's go to receiving because I think that's important. When the Steelers drafted Najee Harris, uh, he was touted as being a guy who could catch the football. Maybe not like a Le'Veon Bell, but he could catch the football. In 2021, he had 74 catches. Keep in mind that was Ben Roethlisberger. They were throwing the ball more. Roethlisberger was looking Najee Harris's way, did not have a lot of time to throw. We all know the the pro football focus uh, numbers that I think it was uh, like 2.1 seconds and the ball was getting out of Roethlisberger's hands. A lot of times they were checkdowns. So he was used a lot in that regard, had 467 yards. Last season, he only had 41 catches for 229 yards. So you saw that number go down, which was kind of surprising to me. Based on the fact that when you look at Kenny Pickett's game, you think a rookie quarterback, you think he would look for that safety valve. I think there were a lot of times where Najee Harris wasn't really used the same way he was with Roethlisberger until the end of the season, and that's when he started to have some big plays. Touchdowns, receiving touchdowns, three both seasons. Last uh, rookie season, yards per target, five even, five yards even. And last season, 4.3 yards. So interesting numbers there. You look at those and you see... What pops off the screen, or, or in this case, my notebook? What pops? And the answer is, is nothing, not really. I see durability, 17 games played both years. I love it. I'm seeing the attempts going in the correct direction. We know that 307 was not able to be, you, you talk about running the wheels off of a running back, that's what would have happened if that continued, continued to be the, the quote-unquote standard. Still got over 1,000 yards. Average is where a lot of people point and say that's not good enough. You want to see a running back well over four yards per touch. Now, what does this all come down to? The narratives, especially the narratives, kind of linking back to the narratives, looking at the numbers, looking at fan perception. What does it come down to? It comes down to expectations. That's what this comes down to. I hope y'all realize that. It comes down to what are your expectations for Najee Harris? What do you expect from him. If you're someone that says, I'm looking for a guy who's a bell cow back, he's a three down back if you need him to be, and he's a bruiser. He's going to be tough to bring down. He is a hard-nosed runner. That's If that's what you expect from Najee Harris, you love Najee Harris. That's exactly what Najee Harris is. I just described him. But if you're looking for a big play guy, you're looking for someone with breakaway speed, like he isn't that guy. He's not going to be that guy. Like Le'Veon Bell is an example, publicly stated on a podcast that he thinks Najee Harris should lose some weight. Sound familiar? 
it, in terms of the fact that not that this is kind of what Le'Veon Bell had to do from year one to year two. He was a much thicker running back, not as fast, didn't have the explosiveness. He lost weight going into year two, and you saw his game start to evolve and change. I don't think that even if Najee Harris dropped 10 pounds, that he would be any different of a running back. He might be a little bit more explosive, but that's just not his game. It really isn't. So let's break this down into one final question, and it's a question we've already asked, but we need to answer it now, and that is, is he a second contract guy? Is he a player that's going to get that new deal like TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick and the others along those lines? So I look at the tangibles that we know right now. Everything that we've heard about Najee Harris is that he is healthy. If he stays healthy, plays in all 17 games again, I think that's a very good step in the right direction. Next, you got to like the offensive line in front of him, meaning Isaac Sayamalu, Mason Cole, year two with Najee Harris, James Daniel, dittos, second year. Dan Moore, you would assume, let's assume he starts at left tackle, if not Broderick Jones. Both of those guys are run blockers. They're not the best pass blocking, whether you're talking about Jones or Moore. They are the guys that are going to be road graders. Chooksakora 4 is Chooksakora 4. You just hope that he's able to solidify himself. And you add Darnell Washington, who is a blocker. And you should see, at least I do, the opportunity for Najee Harris to have more effective overall statistics should increase. Average should go up. Uh, You know, you talk about overall yardage should go up. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the attempts should have to balloon to get there. They should be able to have a more explosive running game, and that should include Najee Harris, who is capable of breaking off 20-plus-yard runs. We've seen him do it. He just is not one of those guys that's going to break off a 75-yard for a touchdown. He's the guy that's going to break off a 60-yard run and get caught at the 10-yard line. It is what it is. Jalen Warren, on the other hand, he's a little bit more explosive. I compare him more to like an Austin Eckler. Maybe not as fast as Eckler, but he's built like him. He has that breakaway speed. He might break off that run. But what we're talking about here is, is Najee Harris going to get a second deal? Well, I already named, talked about his health. I talked about the offensive line. I think that Matt Canada can get even more creative with his run schemes. There's no question at quarterback this year, barring an injury. So I expect big things from Najee Harris in 2023. And when they have to make a decision on his fifth-year option, I think the Steelers pick it up. I think they pick it up and say, look, this is our guy. We said that he was our guy from the moment they went to Alabama, and he didn't even test. Ever remember the story about Najee Harris when he drove from California back to Alabama for the for the pro day and he wasn't even testing? He just wanted to be there to support his teammates. That was, you know, Mike Tomlin was probably like, oh my gosh, can we just take this guy now? He loves that type of stuff. Najee Harris is that kind of guy. He's his guy. Barring something very unforeseen happening or an injury. I don't think there's any way the Steelers let this guy go. I think he's going to have a big year. And so for someone that we haven't talked about, I wanted to take some time and say, you know what? When we're talking about Najee Harris, I think he is a second contract guy. And I think that some of these narratives that have been swirling around the Steelers fan base are very unwarranted. I think he's a good player. I think he could be a very effective player, and I think the Steelers are going to lean on him like they should for this upcoming season because that's what they need. They need that bell cow back. They need to run the football, the play action, to alleviate pressure off Kenny Pickett. It all starts with 
Najee Harris. This is going to be a big year for him. I think he's going to have very a lot of success. It'll look more like his rookie year than the second year, but we shall see. For someone that I never talked about, I just talked about him a lot. Okay, so here's the deal. In the second half of this show, we are going to dive headfirst into the mailbag segment, and I'm excited for this. So let's get this show on the road. Let's. I'll be right back. Right after the word from our sponsors, we will get into the mailbag. Stay tuned. Be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Alright, Steelers fans, welcome back to the second half of the show. It is time for the mailbag. In case you don't know how this works, it's really simple. All you have to do is every Tuesday morning, find me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. You will find a tweet that says, okay, ride or die crew, I need questions for the mailbag segment, and you fire away. Even though some, maybe just one, found the wrong tweet. I'll call them out when we get to it. That'll be at the end. Let's get this show off the off the road. Let's get this show started right. Gosh, Jeff, learn to talk. Okay, Mark Bergen. He is the host of Believe in Steelers podcast. I was on that show with him on Monday, so make sure you go check that out. Normally, it's Ike Taylor joining Mark, and it was me this time. Talk about a downgrade, right? Ike Taylor was in a cigar. Was at a cigar convention in Las Vegas. What does he do? He goes, gets Jeff Hartman. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Mark asked a question. Among the current Steelers players, which would win in a home run derby? Well, they did it last year, Mark, and they do it every year at St. Vincent College, and Kenny Pickett won. And I, I Kenny Pickett's a good athlete. He's a really good athlete. I think he'd win. I think he's going to win it again unless he says, I'm done. If I had to take a second-place person, I'm going to say either TJ Watt, and then I'm going to surprise you here. The surprise is I think the other person that could be coming close, and I didn't even realize this, is Chris Boswell. Chris Boswell is a really good golfer. Didn't find that out until I was watching some clips of Cam Hayward's tournament. And they said that Chris Boswell could be one of the best golfers on the team. Typically, guys that are good golfers also have decent baseball swings, so that's who I'd go with. Billy Hartford, if you don't follow him, give him a follow. You can share some awesome videos about the Steelers on Twitter. He said, do you think the Steelers will sign an off-ball inside linebacker before training camp begins? I do not. Uh, if you listen to my podcast on Monday with Jim Wexel, we kind of hashed it out how we feel like the Steelers do have a plan. We might not know what that plan is right now, but we feel like the Steelers do have a plan there. I think at it, it, it the worst in terms of timeline, the Steelers might wait until some players get cut. Even though this, the NFL teams don't have to release players until after the third preseason game, I believe, I think there's going to be players that get cut before that. Teams that are just saying, like, we don't need to have these players on the team anymore. So maybe they'll get someone like that. But if, if then again, when you think about it, if someone's getting cut from their 90-man offseason roster early, is that someone the Steelers even want? Probably not. So but no, I don't think they're going to do it. 
Andre 3000 says, just got tickets for week one versus the 49ers with my friends, and I'm going to a game in Pittsburgh for the first time. They're, they were from Iowa. He is, not me. Any advice on things we need to do before on game day? Been loving the show for three years now. Andre, that is awesome. I'm glad that you remember the Ride or Die. First things first, you need to get yourself a Ride or Die crew shirt and rock it around Pittsburgh. We need to increase our representation, if you know what I mean. Uh, if I were, to, if you're going to go in for a weekend, you, you got to do the the simple stuff. People from Pittsburgh would laugh at this because it's like, oh, uh, I'm going to tell you to go to the Strip District and walk up and down there and just see some of the vendors. Go to the original Permani Brothers and you know take a picture of some of the murals on the wall. Get yourself a Pittsburgher, whatever sandwich you want. It's really good. Uh, go do the Duquesne incline and go to the top of Mount Washington. You have some beautiful views of the city of Pittsburgh, including Heinz field, uh, right there. Go downtown. It's a really nice town. I mean, as someone that lives close to Baltimore, which is a hellhole, uh, you could go into downtown Pittsburgh and feel very safe. Uh, I would say also go to the game early. If it's a one o'clock kickoff, which I believe week one is a one o'clock kickoff, get in there early, go check out the, the Hall of Honor stuff, the the Great Hall. I don't know if it's still the Coca-Cola Great Hall. Walk around, go into the shops, just get a feel for that stadium. Go into the field and walk around a little bit. Don't go to your seats right away. Just kind of walk around and take it all in. It's it's a really awesome experience, and that's the best thing. I, I used to tell everyone to go to Jerome Bettis's Grill 36, which is not far from the stadium. That never reopened after COVID, so unfortunately, that's not an option anymore. So there you go. There's a lot of good places to eat. You can check those out online as, as well. I'm excited for you, though. All right, Bargalem. Hope I said that right. He said, today I tried again for tickets for an NFL game in Germany. Had registered with five accounts, and he's in place 912, 433 in line. Was the best number he got in the queue. Holy crap. So this is the NFL game in Frankfurt between the Indianapolis Colts and the New England Patriots. That's on November 12th. And this guy, he's trying to get it to the game, and he can't. This is incredible. And this goes back to, I'm going to reference everyone, go to the Fans First Sports Network NFL feed. It's a separate podcast feed. And go to, so just go to your Apple Podcasts, wherever, type in FFSN space NFL. You'll see it, the FFSN logo with the football and the NFL shield on the, on it. Click on it and listen to our buddy KT Smith's call sheet from last week. So he went overseas and he traveled to Italy. He went to Austria and he finished up in Germany. And he talked about, you know, just how, was he seeing any American football over there? In Italy, none, all soccer. He goes to Austria a little bit. Germany, he said these people were all about the NFL. And this illustrates that to a T. So, man, I hope you can find a ticket, even if you have to scalp one. Uh, that would be really cool for you over there overseas to maybe never seen a game, to get to see a game, even if it is between the freaking Patriots and Colts. All right, Corey Eckenroth asked two questions. He said, we all know Tomlin teams tend to start the season slow. How big of an issue Will that be considering the amount of new players there are? Can a season similar to last year save Canada's job if they start slow but end hot and actually make the playoffs? So let's start. Let's break this down piece by piece. How big of an issue will that be with the starting slow considering the new players? Hey, this is going to be a test for the coaching staff. It really is. They're going to have to get them acclimated quickly. They're going to have to utilize practices and preseason accordingly. If they have a similar start, to last year, I don't think they're going to fire anyone of any significance. That would include Matt Canada mid-year. 
And if he does get hot and they make the playoffs, yeah, I think he's going to save his job. That's what they want to do, make the playoffs. If you win a playoff game and the offense is looking competent, that matters. If they make the playoffs, the offense is tripping all over itself and they can't convert simple third and ones and fourth and ones and they can't score in the red zone and they're kicking field goals and they're not scoring points, then no, he's not going to save his job even if they make the playoffs. So it's all about how they look when it matters the most. Second from Corey, what has been the most enjoyable part of this offseason full of so many changes after having sat through so many boring ones under Kevin Colbert? Every offseason, at least the last two with the end of the half post draft Kevin or Omar Khan and now Omar Khan as a full-time GM from the get-go it's been exciting been exciting a lot of stuff to talk about as a content creator I freaking love it like it's awesome it always gives us something to discuss that's what I want Tony Larrick says what's your dream golf course if you could play any in the three Steelers in the foursome So, Tony, thank you for being smart enough to know that, yes, I would be in the foursome, so I'm only going to take three players. My dream course is Augusta National. I've watched that course my whole life. If I had to pick a non-private course, uh, maybe it would be down in Pinehurst, number two. Maybe it would be Pebble Beach. Uh, You know, Riviera is also a track that I just – there's something really cool about that course. But I'll go with Augusta National. If I had three Steelers in the foursome, here's what it would be. I'm definitely going to have Ben Roethlisberger. I'm going to have TJ Watt. He's an up-and-coming golfer. He's not very good, though. That might be tough for him, playing Augusta National. Ben's good. So definitely Ben, TJ Watt, and if I'm doing – I'll stick with all current Steelers. Ben's not a current Steeler. Gosh, I can't even get get out of my own way. So let's go Ben, TJ Watt, and Jerome Bettis as my three. And if I had to do all current, let's go with TJ Watt, Patrick Peterson, and let's go Chris Boswell. I bet he's pretty funny and fun to play with. All right, let's go Thomas. He said, hey, I'm so ready for the season to start. What do you think George Pickens' ceiling is? Could he be a top five wide receiver? I'm thinking. I'm assuming you're talking about the league. I think he could. George Pickens, you know, the other day someone I saw on social media, maybe it was on a podcast, said, you know, George Pickens isn't working hard. It's like, well, how, how do we know? Just because he's not posting videos? And George Pickens, I don't think he has a Twitter account. He has an Instagram account that he ever, rarely ever uses. So how do we know that he's not working? Like that That's the stuff that pisses me off. So yeah, Najee Harris, he'll post videos of him training. They all do. Trey Norwood saw one of him today. Just because George Pickens doesn't post his workouts doesn't mean he's you know just sitting on his couch eating bonbons and, and waiting for the next training camp practice. Like, that doesn't mean that. I have high hopes for George Pickens, and I think he could be a top five wide receiver. If he and Kenny Pickett pick up where they left off, absolutely. Okay, M. Dibbs, he has three. Jeff Hartman had, needs a birdie to make the PGA Tour cut. It's a par three, 185 yards out. It's a fast green. How are you playing it? So a par three, 185, I'm assuming it's level. You know, it's not an elevated green, or I'm not hitting – to a, a a hole below me, so it's going to take yardage off. Let's say it's a true 185. Let's say there's a little wind behind me. Not strong, just a little gust. I'm going to hit a nice uh, – I could either go after a five or I'm going to just hit a smooth four. I'm probably going to go with the smooth four. Club, I'll choke down a little bit, and I'm just going to try and, and put it a little bit further back in my stance. I'm going to try to draw it into that pin and hope for the best. That's all you can do at some point. 
You need a birdie. You got to get it close. So there, there you have that. MDibs also asked if you had to throw a game-winning pass to Lima Sweet or Dante Moncrief with Senquez Golson and Artie Burns in coverage. How do you like your odds? So I would, I would target Swede before Moncrief, and I'm gonna go with hopefully Golston or Senquez Golson is guarding Swede because he's probably hurt and it's an easy throw. So that's where I'm gonna go with that one. Last one from MDibs. Remember when athletes had chocolate bars? Which was your go-to? Um, I remember a lot of. For some reason, I remember baseball ones. Uh, I remember Barry Bonds, Bobby Bonilla had the. I don't know if that was local. Like when I was a kid, we were in the Pittsburgh area, so we got all that stuff. I don't know if that was local or not. But I always got the Pirates ones, and I got them all. So they were they never tasted that great, but I got them because I was a big fan. Okay, let's go, Todd Hall. He said, why did I not hear the cutting room floor this morning? And that's a great question. This was done on Tuesday morning. And that's because Jeffrey Benedict, I thought I mentioned this. Maybe it was just on the Steelers preview podcast that I do every Thursday night. Uh, Jeffrey Benedict, unfortunately, is his family situation uh, is 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 one which he cannot podcast and write too much anymore. So maybe he would be a guest on a podcast or maybe he would write occasionally, but not to the not of the frequency that he had been. It was his decision. He said, "I just can't. I can't do it right now." And so we respect that. Family comes first. That's why you didn't hear cutting room floor, and that's why you heard uh, Kevin Tate and Sean Gurley with the Pump Your Breaks podcast. Uh, so yeah, unfortunately, there won't be a cutting room floor anytime soon. Uh, maybe down the road, but right now, that's why you didn't hear that this morning. Thanks for asking, though. I'd rather you ask than just wonder. You know. All right, Doc M, he has two questions, one of which I'm going to make an actual, I I ought to start paying Doc M some money for creating these ideas for me to actually have a show about it. He said, describe how the strength of schedule, particularly the first quarter, affects roster development and game planning. Would a mediocre start derail the season? That's really interesting to me. So let's, I'm going to do that. I'm going to start on Friday. I'm going to start dissecting the schedule kind of by quarters. We'll start with the first quarter on Friday, unless something happens. Thank you, doc, for the suggestion. I'm going to answer that for you then. Let's next one from doc. Tomlin's record is always a point of contention among fans. Do you believe that teams under his leadership tend to overperform or underperform? I think there's been both. You think about 2017, they finished 13 and three. Everything's looking good. I know that Ryan Shazier got hurt. But man, did that offense underperform when it mattered the most. Man, did they underperform. And you could say the same in 2020 against the the loss to the Cleveland Browns in the playoffs. But at the same time, there's teams that had no business even being in the discussion of postseason play, and they were. And some would say that last season was an example of that. When T.J. Watt gets hurt, they start off so sluggish, and they have such a horrible start as they go through murderer's row with the Bills and the Eagles and Kenny Pickett's thrust into the starting quarterback role, a lot of people would have said they have no business being in the playoff race, and yet there they were. So I think with Tomlin, there's both. That There's actually both. All right, last question from this mailbag tweet. Brian Haynes says, what happens first, Cam Hayward retires or the Steelers win a ring? How about both? There you go. That's a BP fastball right there, folks. He wins the, They win a Super Bowl. Cam says, a la Jerome Bettis. I'm heading out on this one. That would be freaking awesome. Now, our buddy Heath Davis, for some reason, can't read dates and doesn't respond to tweets when I'm telling him as he's tweeting at me that he's in the wrong Twitter thread. He's in the wrong thread. Like, dude, you're you're in the wrong mailbag tweet. You went to last week. I tweet a lot. That's a lot of scrolling. Nonetheless, he says El Jefe. 
You're lucky I like you, Heath. I didn't have to read these, but I will. El Jefe, what position group is most likely to underperform this season? I'm going to say that the inside linebackers are going to be underperformers, but I think that's that's kind of low-hanging fruit. If I had to pick a group that everyone has high hopes for, but I don't think will produce as much as they think, it's tight ends. I think Darnell Washington will be very impactful. I think Fryermuth will have a great year, but I just don't think it'll be the impact that everyone thinks it will be. Next, Heath Davis, which active Steelers player or coach would you like to have as a guest on your podcast? So active Steelers player or coach. Well, I'd love to talk to Mike Tomlin. Why Why wouldn't you want to talk to Mike Tomlin? He's a great interview. In terms of players on the current team, um, I would probably want to go with, I'd probably, I'd love to ask Cam Hayward some questions. I really would. He kind of spanned that era from the last winning era to the current winning era, or hopefully the current winning era, I'd probably go with Cam. Uh, a second, cl- a close second would be Kenny Pickett, but we've heard a lot of Kenny Pickett this offseason. All right, last question from Heath, and last question for the mailbag. Do you think it's possible the Steelers sweep the division this year? Can you break down what we might find challenging in each matchup? I think I, I am all on board on the Browns and the Ravens. The Steelers match up very well against those two teams. The team that I just don't know if they can beat twice is the Bengals. They are a great football team. I hate saying that. It makes me sick to my stomach. But you got to be, you got to give credit where it's due. And he absolutely, they, they are, Joe Burrow is legit. That trio of wide receivers is amazing. Uh, if Joe Mixon comes back, they have a good stable of running backs. Offensive lines improved. They got Orlando Brown Jr. Their defense is not the best, but it's not the worst either. That's a, that, that's a winning team over there now. So that's the one that gives me pause. I don't think it's likely the Steelers sweep the division this year, unfortunately. So, Heath, you're welcome that I answered those for you. That's right. You're welcome. (laughs) No, but seriously, thank you, everyone, to chime in for the mailbag segment. I do appreciate it. You know, hey, I'll be back on Friday with Jeremy Jerome Betts and the All Bets Are Off segment. We'll be talking about a lot of fun stuff about the Steelers no matter what, so make sure you tune in. In the meantime, you know how we finish out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great day. Great rest of the week. We'll see you on Friday. Go see you.